Slava Isus Christu, and thanks for joining Between the Pews Cast, a podcast in the Edmonton Eparchy that discusses various Catholic topics in Alberta. I'm your host today, Ben Windsor, the Communications Specialist here at the Eparchy. Welcome to the Edmonton Eparchy's uh, podcast, Between the Pews. Today I'm joined with Father Bo at Dormition Parish. And on this new episode, we'll kind of be talking about joining the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And so quick, quick question before we start off um, is if someone has a question maybe about Catholicism or tradition, morals, ethics, whatever it may be, yep. um, is there a place that people could go to if they have a question for a priest? Well, you can always ask your local priest. Um, mm-hmm. We also have on our eparchial website, uh, ask a priest the question. You can be anonymous and you can just... You know, type in your question, and and that way, in a podcast uh, in the future, we will respond to your question. But the easiest way is just show up, say hi, and ask the question, or give a phone call. Uh, there's lots of different ways of doing that. Exactly. Perfect. So I got a few questions here today, and we're going to start off with the first one: is how do you actually become a Catholic? Like, what are the steps? Well, becoming a Catholic is basically, there's, there's a couple ways of doing it. There, there's the formal, official way, which is receiving the sacraments of initiation. So by being baptized, chrismated, and receiving the Eucharist, those are the three sacraments of initiation, which formally bring you into the church. But before you do any of those, uh, you have to know and understand your faith as best as you can at your stage of life. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you were newly born, uh, at that stage of life, maybe you're not so cerebral, you're not, uh, well, you're thinking all the time, but you're not going to be able to contemplate abstract thoughts or whatever the case. So you will grow into the church and learn about the church as you grow. So Mm -hmm. babies receive baby food. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you become a teenager, then you will get burgers and, and other things that are delicious and great and I still love those Uh, and then as your tastes develop as your age develops as your ability to understand the faith develops then we would feed you more so that you can understand and grow in your faith even more so we try and um, be wherever you're at Mm -hmm. Um, so basically if you're interested in becoming part of the church uh, you would first learn about it and you would first kind of participate, hang along with the people who are in it. Once you are understanding what's going on and convinced and, and really part of this, then we would move you into the sacraments of initiation. And as I mentioned, that's baptism, chrismation. Uh, Roman Catholics might call that confirmation mm-hmm. uh, and receiving the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. And just like in the ancient church, we still to this very day, and many Roman Catholic churches do this as well, uh, we do all three sacraments at the same time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here in North America, I know Roman Catholics certainly divide it into three different parts of their life. Kind of as a child, you get baptized. uh, When you are of the age of reasoning, which is typically around grade two, Mm -hmm. you would receive your first communion. And then later on in life, when you're... teenager, grade eight, nine, whatever it is, um, you would get confirmed. Mm -hmm. And that kind of 
goes along with the different stages of life and lets you learn more. Yeah. Well, we do have kind of things to do at stages of life, but we recognize that in order to be fully with God and alive with God, not that you aren't beforehand, but in order to take those steps, um, we take them all at once. So typically, uh, lots of people get baptized as a child. They would receive their baptism, and then moments after receive uh, chrismation, where they are anointed with a chrism, and then moments after that, they would receive the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of normally, when I'm talking to people, I compare this with being born. Um, when you are born, you come out of the waters of the mum and you enter into the world. Well, the waters of the mum are very much like baptism. You're born into the world. Um, but in order to fully live, you need to also breathe. So we need to bring God into ourselves so that we can also breathe God out. If we're mm -hmm. going to be alive, we need to be able to breathe. So after you're born, it's good to breathe. And then, of course, the parents will talk to you a little bit but very shortly afterwards, you need to nourish yourself so that you can grow. Uh, so we receive the Eucharist to be able to eat God himself so that we can be in communion and commune with him in order to grow in him. So it's very parallel to being born, where we come out, uh, where we breathe, where we suckle, where we breastfeed. Um, and in the same way in the church. We're born into new life, we live with God, and we nourish ourselves and grow in God as well. Mm -hmm. So those are the three sacraments that bring you officially into the church. Yeah. Um, so that's the main steps. Those three sacraments, you have baptism. So what exactly is baptism? Like, I know some of you get dipped in water. Is Like, what else is there to that? Is so baptism, if we look at the Old Testament, so mm -hmm. before Christ even, baptism was always a way of kind of washing away what was there before and restoring, cleaning it. It's kind of like washing your hands. If your mm -hmm. hands are dirty, you'd go to water and you'd wash your hands and all the dirt would be washed away and you'd come out with clean new hands. Okay, maybe not new hands, but clean, <laughs> clean happy hands. And so you would, from that moment, start the first day of the rest of your life, as the cliche goes. Yeah. Um, baptism is, in a way, washing away the old person. It, it's not saying that who you are before is bad or anything, but it's moving from worldliness, where our focus is on ourselves and our focus is on you know, the mundane things of life, and saying, no, I want to truly wash away those details and be alive to the big picture, be alive to God and have him as the center of my life. So it can happen in several ways. Um, traditionally, baptism, the word baptism itself means to be in water, to be immersed. Uh, so we do normally baptize people by placing them into water. Mm -hmm. Of course, not every church has a full-size baptistry, so children often get baptized by immersion. Um, when you are a little bit older or bigger or whatever the case might be, we might have to pour water on you instead of putting you into water. Um, but either way, it, it's, a, it's a washing and a rebirth, like coming out of the waters. And there's examples of it in scripture too. For example, 
uh, Noah and the Ark. Everyone's familiar with the story about gathering two of every animal and then floating nicely and then the rainbow showing up. You know, we tell it to our children lots of times in Bible stories and stuff like that. Well, really, it was a, a rebirth, a cleansing of the world. The world was full of corruption and so God took what was beautiful and good and holy and preserved it inside this ark, this vessel and he washed away everything that needed to be taken away and and renewed the world in that kind of a way uh, also when we have israel you know the the people of god needing to escape from slavery from from their captivity they had to go through the waters of uh, the red sea in order to be able to be brought out to a new life in the promised land. So it's a moving through basically death. Mm -hmm. We die to the old self and are reborn to a new life with God in baptism. Mm -hmm. Okay, so with that, um, do adults, uh, do they get baptized and go initiate or go through initiation? I take it the same way as kids do? Yeah. Just with the different... So it's, it's a similar kind of service, but yeah. the preparation for it is much more. Exactly. With little children, infants and such, we spend time doing a baptismal prep with the parents and the godparents if they're available too, mm -hmm. where we make sure they understand and appreciate and are willing and and able to teach their kid as they grow. Mm -hmm. And of course, no one knows all the answers, but we're always learning and we're always trying and we're always growing. So the preparation whenever it's a child tends to be for the parents mm -hmm. of, of that child. But once you hit a teenage kind of life or an adult life, uh, certainly lots of people get baptized as adults. Um, they themselves would start learning things and, and growing in their faith. Uh, their godparent, as we often say for children, um, their sponsor would be involved and traveling with them, with them, showing them things in the church and explaining things to the best of their ability. But they would take a, a baptismal prep that's called RCIA, or Rite of Christian Initiation of Adults or RCIT if it's for teens, but that's another story. Um, so an RCIA course is basically exploring and looking at everything that it is to be part of the church. Mm -hmm. uh, so at first you would look at, okay, what do we believe? Uh, then you would look at, okay, well, how do we express what we believe? And how do we follow up with that? And so there's, there's lots of things that we learn and do uh, during that course. Um, sometimes it will take a few months, but oftentimes it would take a year or even two years until the person is knowledgeable and comfortable and, and ready to devote their whole life to being a human, to being with God. Mm -hmm. um, so it certainly depends on the person. It depends on how the program might be structured within your particular parish. Um, but we don't want anyone to just make a commitment but not really be committed. Uh, if you're going to make a promise with your whole entire life, we want you to actually know what you're getting into and, and, and mean it when you do that. 
Yeah, okay. So um, let's say you're a Roman Catholic, right? Mm -hmm. And you want to start attending a Ukrainian Catholic church. Okay. Do you have to be like rebaptized? Are you allowed to take communion? How, how does this work? So the whole entire Catholic church is the same church. Mm -hmm. So there is no rebaptizing. There is no, um, you know, you're welcome to come to any particular Catholic church. We are all all the same faith, the same community. We do have little bits of different perspectives on things, mm -hmm. but what we believe is the same. Mm -hmm. How we express it might vary. Um, so if you're a Roman Catholic and you want to come to a Ukrainian Catholic church, come. You can participate in everything fully and completely. It's good for us to be able to explore and understand each other. It makes our spirituality and our our knowledge of the church and our knowledge of God broader and, and healthier. Um, but you would actually remain who you always were. Mm -hmm. So if you were baptized in the Roman Catholic Church, you would stay a Roman Catholic. You don't need to convert. There's nothing to convert to. You are already part of that Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. You don't need to take any step to, to, to change yourself. You can just participate and not even as a visitor, but as, as another branch of the family tree, basically. Mm -hmm. Okay. So after you get baptized and you go through all the steps, right? Mm -hmm. What is something you can start doing as like a Catholic now that maybe you couldn't before? Is there a difference? Is... Well, certainly when you are initiated into the church, you are part of the community. You are asked to... Um, be active within the community. We need to nourish ourselves regularly, so we come for communion on a regular basis. Um, coming to church supports us because we hear the word of God and people around us support us, but also our presence supports and helps the people around us. It's a, it's a mutually good thing. So certainly we are encouraged to pray very often, um, not only on our own, at our own homes, but together in corporate prayer and what we call liturgy. Mm -hmm. uh, so we come together we, uh, together, and we gather. We also receive the sacraments as, as fre uh, frequently as we can. Um, and there are at least seven sacraments. We talked about the three sacraments of initiation, but there's two more of healing and two more of vocation. And then sacramentals are ways that we involve in our life our faith. Mm -hmm. So things that we do to express ourselves and and we know we put in so much effort but god also puts in some and we get out of it at least spiritually more than we put in so there are lots of activities um those include charitable acts so going and helping the poor those include spiritual ones of of visiting people social ones uh, there's you can grow in every single uh, direction, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, you're encouraged and expected to continue studying for the rest of your world. Not that you're going to take exams or anything, but always to grow. Yeah, okay. So with um, kind of the topic of learning, maybe like how do you as a Catholic develop your knowledge? Like, where's some places you can go to learn more? Well, uh, the first and foremost place is in scripture and in prayer. 
So even when we come to church, every Sunday or every time that we come, we're going to hear a reading from Scripture, and most likely the priests elaborate on it and, and explain it in some kind of a homily or sermon. Uh, both of those are pretty much synonyms. Uh, synonyms. Look, sometimes even we stumble upon our words. Of course we do. Um, so we, we preach about what was read normally or about the theme of that particular day or, or whatever the case might be so that people can learn at that point. Um, but there are tons of brilliant books and there's tons of mediocre books, but there are lots of good ones at every kind of level. So mm -hmm. there are picture books for children and there are, are simpler books and there are in-depth intellectual books, all of which have real gems and jewels within them. Uh, we certainly learn about our faith through uh, the songs and the prayers that we pray. Uh, we learn about God through things like icons, which are intended to, to teach and to help us commune. So the images that we have around us certainly help us with our faith. Um, looking at the lives of people who have lived good and holy lives before us. Um, we call these the saints, people who have um, lived good and holy lives. Uh, by looking at their lives, we get good examples of what we should do as well. And then we learn from each other. We recognize in every person that God dwells there. So hopefully by me looking at you or you looking at me and thinking about it and studying about it and praying about it, we continue learning there. Mm -hmm. um, in addition to that, of course, there's courses that you can take, there's conversations that you can have, there's, there's unlimited ways of, of growing in your spirituality. Mm -hmm. Okay, so hopefully that kind of answers some of the questions about kind of joining the Catholic Church that people might have. And I want to thank Father Bo for his time today here nope. at Door Mission. And if you do want to stay in the loop for future episodes, uh, we're coming out with some stuff. We just did one on Feast for Dormition. There's episodes on vocations and about joining the Catholic Church like we did with Father Bo. If you want to keep up to loop on those, you can sign up for the Bishop's mailing list. Um, you can do that at eaperky.com. And thank you so much for your time. Thanks no for our listeners for popping by. And God bless. See you next time. <laughs>